welcome to Three and Out as we uh, close out our season. It's the uh, end of the district play <laughs> in high school football locally, Midland High, Midland League. Playoffs are starting. The college game is getting ramped up. So it's exciting times to be a football fan in West Texas. Gary Gray here alongside Dustin Pierce and David McReynolds. And let's get right to it. Midland Lee, Dustin, wrapped up a playoff spot and has a big game Friday. Yeah, for the first time since 2013, the Rebels are going to go to the playoffs. Um, You know, if the playoffs were decided right now, according to Texas high school football, uh, they would draw El Paso, El Dorado, a team they've already beat in their first-round playoff game. However, that is if the playoffs were to end or to start right now, the season was to end, and that would put right now Lee sits technically at number two. However, this Friday is for that number two spot for home field advantage in the playoffs. And so I think the Rebels have a really, really good shot against Permian. It's going to be a really good game. But I think Lee matches up better with Permian than they matched up against San Angelo Central. Uh, Obviously, Permian's a primarily run team, run-heavy team. Uh, Lee's defense is set up to stop the run. Mm -hmm. They get annihilated by the pass. Uh, Friendship, an 0-10 team, put up 35 points and 400 yards of passing against Lee. Wow. Uh, that was with the banged-up secondary, a few guys out, but still, that is the weak spot of their team. So I think Lee matches up better there. Um, and then according to Permian Insiders, uh, Permian's secondary is not very good as well. And so they are very susceptible to the pass. Lee, where they're balanced in that approach, is they can do both well. They really can. You know, Colby has thrown for over 1,000 yards, rushed for over close to 1,000 yards. We'll talk more about records in the three and out portion. But honestly, I believe that these two teams match up very well. My hesitation is that recently in big game situations, Lee has not come to play well. Um, whether it be jitters, whether it be fear, whether it be um, – coaching miscues they have not played well in big games so we'll see what happens this friday night grande stadium on classic rock 102 should be a lot of fun uh we look forward to bringing you that one and again whoever wins they're outright number two all right that'll be good midland high david we did the game with uh, san angelo central coming to town last week yeah. 21 to 14 a Midland High loss, although Midland High played San Angelo closer than any team has this season. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Midland any High, team. that has to be almost a win column for Midland I High. I agree. That, that game. So Midland High drops to 2-3, and three, however, has a chance to make the playoffs with a win at Odessa High this Friday. But going back to the San Angelo game, the defense played amazing, held the Bobcats to 15 first downs and 72 rushing yards. Yeah, so they shut down the run, but more impressively, the you know the soft spot for Millen High this year has been their secondary, and to have that kind of a game against that quality of a quarterback mm-hmm. uh, says a lot, I think, for the improvement in that defense. Uh, it's in, it's exciting to see from where we saw them game one, game two, just get picked apart mm-hmm. in that secondary, and now to see them, they had so many plays that they make big plays where they That's were awesome. at the ball at the same time with the receiver when it arrived. Broke up pass plays and on third and fourth down. Yeah, when they needed to step up and make those plays, and that's the thing we haven't seen from them earlier in the season. Yeah. So that's encouraging to see. Uh, apparently, good coaching going into effect, and the players responding to it. And that's a whole another topic. 
is the morale and the leadership we're seeing, that change and that morph as the games and the season has gone along. You see Sudden Sapien starting to take a leadership mm -hmm. role offensively mm -hmm. and the team responding to that. And then uh, in the defense, you can see leadership in the defense. They seem to be a more cohesive unit now. They seem to be excited to be playing ball. We, it's just good. I see good things. I think next year is going to be a much improved Midland High team that we look forward to seeing. I think you're right, and I think what they have to secure during the, uh, the I call it the off season, whatever it's called in the high school football, is the offense has to figure out what's going to go on. They had a, mm -hmm. a little over 200 total yards against a good San Angelo Central defense, but passing eight for 23, uh, sudden saping the quarterback, again, the leading rusher, which I always think that that's somewhat of a problem unless you're running just a wishbone option all the time. Or unless you have two other guys that are right there with him, right. like yeah. Lee. Like, you yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> if everybody's yeah. over 100, yeah. great. But Gates, Tim Gates was 12 for 53, and DQ Harris, 5 for 5. That's and really so unusual. they've got to get some offense going, and they're going to have to score to beat a surprising Odessa High team who is 1 and 4 in district, um, 3 and 6 on the season. Odessa High doesn't score many points. They've only scored 87 points for the year. Midland High scored 107. Um, Odessa High is allowed 144, Midland High allowed 154. So you would think advantage Midland High. Mm -hmm. You're traveling to enemy territory though, so we'll see what happens. But that last playoff spot is definitely on the line for Midland High, and I think this would be their fourth year in a row to make the playoffs mm -hmm. if they were to win Friday night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if they lose, uh, Tascosa's in. By virtue of points. In, in a, a three-way victory over OHS. Wow. That's right. So, so Tascosa is rooting for Odessa. Odessa High this week. Well, what's interesting, Tascosa dominated Odessa High. It was 36-9. Oh. Yes. So it's been interesting. You've seen a late-season uh, climb or progress in Midland High and a late-season decline in Tascosa. It's yeah. just kind of interesting. Yeah. So, Personally, I think Midland High beats Odessa High and secures a playoff spot. I, I agree, and I certainly hope so. That'd be awesome to see. So we'll bring you that game. That's going to be on KCRS AM 550. Also, locally, let's talk about Midland Christian and Greenwood. Going to Greenwood, 43-20 to over La Mesa. They pulled away in the second half and clinched a playoff berth in District 2-4A in Division 2. Ryan Snodgrass had 252 yards rushing and three touchdowns on 17 carries. And uh, Jake Summers finished with 97 yards passing. So Greenwood goes to Sweetwater. That's going to be a week. tough one. That'll yeah. be a good game, and that mm -hmm. determines the number three seed out of their district. Midland Christian, if I can find that information here in my hands, they beat Frisco Legacy, who is just yeah. probably one of the worst teams in the their bottom dweller of their district. I, I think yeah. so. Uh, Silas Cruz led the way uh, for the Mustangs, had two touchdowns, 191 yards rushing. So the big game for them is this week at home on Autry Field. Fort Worth Christian, also undefeated in district play, comes to town. And the winner of that is the outright district champion wow. for them prior to starting the playoffs. So big game for both Greenwood and Midland Christian. Unfortunately for local Trinity, who's in their first season in a long time at 11-man, they're 0-7 on the season, 0-2 in district. And they travel up to play Lubbock Christian, who is undefeated mm -hmm. this year. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's looking like Trinity is going to just 
sort of uh, have a tough time, we'll call it, in their first year of 11-man yeah. football. But it's sort of like UTPB. I was just about yeah. to say that. You have yeah. to develop. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk college. And remember, we do have a local team here. Yeah. Uh, UTPB dropped their last road game of the year, 52-0, uh, against number nine, Texas A&M uh, Commerce. And so... You know, Commerce is uh, kind of a national power in D2. They've been one of the stronghold teams in the Lone Star Conference. Uh, so that moves the Falcons to their last game of the year. Finale is this week at home, 6 o'clock, against Angelo State. Uh, that's a game where they're honor seniors. Uh, and I guess it's just a, a, a local note. Uh, former league quarterback Caden Coots, he'll be one of those seniors being honored. Uh, still has a year of eligibility and... We'll kind of see what happens next for him. He may try to go play uh, at the lower level as a graduate assistant. We'll try to see if we can't keep you posted or even follow up on him in next season's uh, edition of 3 and Out. But, uh, you know, for now, his career as a Falcon will come to a close, and the Falcons are just going to try to limp on home, finish with a two-win season, see if they can't continue to rebuild. Talk to some guys that you would call UTPB insiders and – the biggest difference they say playing at this level is size. They have the speed. In some regard, they have the talent. They do not have the size to match up against teams like Midwestern State that's five in the nation, Commerce, nine in the nation. They say by about um, you know the middle of the first half or if they're able to surge through the first half, make it into the second half semi-close, they get overpowered in the second half. It's about that power that what comes from the size. Wow. And so you got to find a way. How can we – because in high school, you can get by on talent and speed. Correct. <laughs> in yeah. college, you've got to have some strength too. You've got to have big boys, especially in your interior, or guys that aren't going to get overpowered in the in second level of your defense. So it will be interesting to see how Coach Kerrigan responds there. I also asked some of my guys at UTPB, I said, well, what is Coach Kerrigan's take on, on your team? Is he the kind of guy that uh, is a realist that's going to take some time? He's like, oh, no, he picks our team to finish as, as the uh, conference champion every year. Uh, but I wonder if you had that real heart-to-heart, hey, man, no one knows except for us. How long is it going to take to build this program? I would love to hear the response. Mm-hmm, yeah. We'll see what happens, though, in year three. All right, college football locally. Now moving on, we always talk about the Big 12. So some barn burners. Yes. Kansas State beats Tech in overtime, 42-35. to 35. OU, OSU, I was not able to watch, but 62-52. to 52. Oklahoma <laughs> takes that one. That was amazing. What a game. Baylor finally uh, gets a win. They go up to Kansas. Lawrence and beat Kansas. TCU beat our Horns 24-7. So uh, interesting things happen, and we'll talk about how that some of those games are coming up that will affect the college football playoff. Also, we always want to mention A&M. They lost at home to Auburn 42-27. And from what I see in today's media outlets, Coach someone is most likely out. Oh, no doubt in my mind. Mentioning Jimbo Fisher. Really? State. So, uh, huh. you know, he might be a good fit there. I'm not really sure. Hard to know, man. There's guys who have been at A&M, notably Sherman, who I thought he is the perfect fit for this program. He just could not win there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get a guy like someone who comes in and wins for a, for a little bit or has a few seasons where he starts really strong but then just doesn't finish well. I think the difference there is he recruited really well. Not so sure that he 
let and develop the talent that he recruited well though. Yeah, but definitely probably the highest profile job that's going to be available, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At this point, because I've, I've heard of not many, I, I, not really a lot of other coaching vacancies that are going to happen. In yeah, that, that'll be the big, big time program. I mean, Florida, Florida and then this yeah. one. Right, that's right. about it. Yeah, both, both in the SEC. SEC. Interesting. One in the mm-hmm. East, one in the West. So. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our uh, college portion. Let's move on to three and out. So you want to go first? Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to save this for the three and out, but I just kind of wanted to send a shout out to the Lee Rebels for their performance against Friendship on Friday night. 856 <laughs> total yards. Amazing. That's an all-time school record. And, and just for a moment, think about the history of the Lee football program. Think about three state titles. Think about Cedric Benson and the running game showcased uh, in those times. And and this is a Lee team who's okay. They're pretty good. Um, may make a little bit of noise in the playoffs, but they're not going to win state. Uh, and, and they see, set the all-time record. Three rushers after this week who will be over 1,000 yards and a quarterback who's thrown over 1,000 yards, close to 1,500. That's a really that, good offense. I'm not so sure some of the top teams in the state in 6A boast those kind of numbers. And so, and then you, you, you couple that with the fact that uh, Sheldon Bass was three yards shy of the all-time uh, receiving yard record for Lee for in this game? same game. So Lee rushed for over 600 yards um, and from a, from a receiving standpoint, caught for over 205, 206, 207. Rushed for 600 yards. 600 plus yards. That's crazy because if you can have an offensive performance of 400 yards, mm-hmm. that's great and you're going to win most of the games. 856. More than double. <laughs> Scored 74 points. So, I mean, granted, and it was against friendship, but a friendship team who really – really was fighting hard. I mean, they wanted to win. It was their last game. And Lee just punched them in the mouth, and they kept getting back up, kept getting back up. I mean, but there was uh, a little bit of, how do I word this politically correct? Uh, There was a little bit of. We're not politically correct. Well, that's true. There (laughs) were some things that happened pregame that upset Coach Hartman. So you could tell he was going to be relentless in scoring, and he was. With three seconds on the clock, they Lee scored a touchdown. On the mm. final? To end Locked the game. Oh, so wow. what happened on the front end? Can you tell? I can. Uh, there's some friendship players who crossed on Lee's side of the 50. They're throwing mouthpieces at Lee, uh, cursing at the coaches. And uh, Coach Hartman didn't like that. And he, he let them know that uh, they were not going to be able to hide tonight, that the scoreboard would, would <laughs> not – boast kindly for them and so that being said i think like there and and i'm not saying like he was out to punish kids i think in his mind as a competitive guy he's like we're just gonna go at you all game and they did Mm -hmm. but to his defense it's not like he had a friendship team that curled up and died on him or i think he probably would have pulled back this friendship team just for a while there a match and lead touchdown for touchdown interesting so that being said shout out to the rebels on a record-breaking night uh, that clinched a playoff berth first time since 2013. I think this offense is one of the tops in the state. They have a really good chance uh, at beating Permian. Awesome. All right, I'm going to talk about the college football playoff system, and this weekend is exactly why it shows that college football is the best sport to watch <laughs> on television. By far, 
Absolutely. I think we know where Gary stands on yes. this. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you've got play-in games. You've got elimination games. This weekend, 14 of the top 25 play each other. Ooh. At this point in the season last year on this weekend, number two, number three, number four all lost, mm. which created this topsy-turvy ranking system. So you've got number one, Georgia, playing number 10, Auburn. You've got number two, Alabama, playing 16, Mississippi State. You've got number three, Notre Dame, playing number seven, Miami. That'll I'll, be a good game. I'm going to save the last one. You've got number eight, Wisconsin, at number 22, Iowa. 12 and 13, Michigan State, Ohio State. And then Oklahoma State, 15 against 21, Iowa State. The game, five versus six, Oklahoma, TCU. That'll be fun. That's going to be – it's going to be a great weekend of college football. That'll be fun. It, it really will. And and it's just, it's just so nice to just have a – Break from just the just the uh, garbage going on in sports and going. I just want to watch the competition. Yes. I don't want to hear about some hoodlum UCLA basketball players getting arrested in, in China. 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 Yeah. I don't want to hear about another national anthem debacle. I don't. I'm just tired of all that. I just want to. I just want to be a sports fan. But that's exactly what sports should be: is a retreat. From the brokenness of the world, I don't it want really their pro- political yeah bent. Right. I, I I could care less. So anyway, that to be said, there's some great games on. Check them out. Heisman watch. Dave. Hey, the Heisman has been topsy turvy as well. There's been a shakeup in the Heisman voting. You know, we're just last week in the I think it, probably last week, maybe two weeks ago, Baker Mayfield was in the third position in the Heisman voting. This week, Baker Mayfield has all 12 first place votes, according to ESPN's Heisman Watch. All 12. So he jumps from number three to number one with his performance in Bedlam. Um, and he is over 3,000 passing yards this year now. Mm-hmm. So that's well, quite a statement. One of the numbers he put up against OSU, 598 yards. Oklahoma right? passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost 60, 60, mm-hmm. almost 600 yards, 71.7 completion rate. That's what's amazing with him is his completion ratio. Is 71%, almost 72%. He's a good, probably great college quarterback. You don't think with that kind of accuracy, you think he'll do well in the pro? I just don't know. Again, you go back to size. And somebody's going to just slap him. And rarely have you seen a guy of his size succeed in the NFL. You know, he's a little thicker than like a Doug Flutie. And I guess Flutie had his moments, but he's... Not a huge man. So I think so. the big thing there is Saquon Barkley, who had been holding the number one spot all season, gets t- moved down to third now. Okay, there you have it. That's three and out for this season. We will be back next year. We hope to ramp this up a little bit. We Absolutely. Think, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to bring some some new things, some new ammo, and uh, make it hopefully even more enjoyable. We thank you for listening this season. So for Dustin and David. We are out, and we will talk to you again in 2018. Wow. Wow. (laughs) 2018. Bye, folks.